Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With the fourth pick in the NFL Draft... The New York Jets select. There's Garrett Wilson. Clinton absolutely laid out by George Carlofton. Evan Neal is just different. The draft starts in Mobile, boys. The Senior Bowl is coming. All the prospects who are way too old for me to actually fall in love with, I have to actually pretend like I genuinely care about them for like a good five days. So very excited about that. Joe, we just watched one of the craziest AFC championship games of all time, and it's safe to say Zach Wilson's got his work cut out for him. So how are you feeling on this Wednesday? I'm doing well, Meigs. You know, that was that was one of the best games we've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. Obviously, um, if we're going to be competing in those games, Zach is going to definitely have to raise his game. Um, that's for sure. But there is a formula to, to get to those points. Um, if you don't have an upper echelon quarterback, I think I've mentioned it on a podcast several times. Uh, we won't get into it right now, but I'm feeling good because I think we're going to talk a little senior bowl today and give the, some of our listeners, you know, what they want when in, in regard to this big game coming up in a, in a week or so. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know a lot of Jets fans are very excited that the Jets are coaching the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, the senior bowl. I hope they're coaching the Super Bowl one day, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself there. But uh, we know when Robert Sala was D.C. of the 49ers, he got to coach the Senior Bowl. They found Dre Greenlaw. They found Debo Samuel, two players who are pretty, pretty, pretty good. So we're, I know we should be excited about that. Dylan, I, you know what, Dylan, I feel like, you know, you got your, you know, wet the beak. You're really getting comfortable on the podcast. I feel like you're ready to let loose, and Senior Bowl is the perfect time. So what do you got for me? No, I think I am, you know, starting to come out of my shell. And I think this week the uh, the player I'm bringing to the table and then some of these little uh, fun superlatives we're doing are going to allow me to kind of show some of these guys I'm really excited to see. And I'm really, really pumped for the senior role. Really excited for Mike LaFleur to coach so well that he ends up getting a job on the spot. So it's going to be really uh, disappointing, though. Yeah, no. Uh, Paul, uh, hands off Booth LaFleur, uh, New Orleans Saints, trying to find your next Sean Payton. James, I mean – the senior bowl i don't even know what you're gonna say about that because i know those guys are hella old and i know you're not a big fan of that so how are you i'm good excited for this episode you know nothing i'd rather be doing right now than talking senior bowl players exactly exactly if if you're not if if you're not there grinding all the uh you know the central iowa tape the colorado state tape trying to get all the senior bowl guys then what are you doing but i know there's one player that we all want to bring to the table say that we're excited to watch and 
I do want to note uh, something that's a little bit of a sadder note is that two of the players I was most excited to watch, and I think two of the best players just flat out period at the Senior Bowl, uh, Devin Lloyd and Jahan Dotson, I think two players that the Jets were going to have their eyes on, good fits on the offense and defense, will unfortunately not be there. So that's a bit of a bummer, but still a lot of talent to be had and should be a good experience for the Jets coaching staff. So Dylan, I'm going to start with you because I know you want to exercise some demons. So, you know, this is the trust tree. Let it up. You know, I trust you guys a lot, so it's going to kind of be more therapeutic than anything else. So kind of get a flashback uh, a couple months ago. Illinois comes to town to play Penn State here at Beaver Stadium. And, you know, you think just your typical Big Ten noon game, you know, Penn State walks away, probably playing a little worse than expected, but with a win. And then it's a little tighter than expected. Then Chase Brown rushes for 223 yards. And then you go into overtime. And then the longest overtime game in college football history. But one player really stood out to me in that heartbreaker in game. And I'm going to face my demons today by talking about this man who is Kirby Joseph. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. He's a strong, instinctual defensive back. He shut down Jahan Dodson and Parker Washington. Obviously, Jahan still at six uh, receptions and 69 yards. And Parker Washington, a guy I think we're going to be talking about around this time next year. Another guy who works well over the middle, and Kirby Joseph really quieted him down. They did not allow over the allow a lot over the top, and it really shows why. When working in man, he's absolutely impressive. When working in zone, though, he was fantastic. This is a guy who's not necessarily scheme dependent. His coverage skills are fantastic. He was the top pro football focused defensive back in the country. Take that with a grain of salt. He was all Big Ten first team. He had five interceptions this season. And he's a playmaker, smart and physical. And here's the biggest thing. He just switched to the defensive back position less than a year. He is now a safety, working and trying to get better. He's obviously a raw prospect. He's got the room to grow, though. I mean, this is a guy who came in. He's twitchy. He's athletic. He's also hella aggressive. This is a raw prospect with the intellect to only get better. And I've talked time and time again about these defensive backs that they need to take a stab at on day three this is a guy who would be a home run pick and the Jets are going to firsthand have the opportunity to work with him because he's going to be on the sidelines with them working with them all week and I think this is a guy that Robert Sala and the staff is going to fall in love with rather quickly he also is not a true free safety which is something that is kind of going to be nice in a way because he's a tweener who I think could complement the agility of Ashton Davis really well if that's the way they want to move forward so that was another thing I think they might like in terms of uh um, not necessarily a scheme-dependent thing, but more of a like personnel-dependent match. So really like Kirby Joseph here for the Jets. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Dylan. I think anytime you can add to the secondary with this unit, that I think we saw some good things, that this coaching staff could develop some young players, and I think Kirby Joseph is the exact kind of dart throw you want to make on day three. Joe, I know you got a player for me. You always got a player for me. You love getting up on that soapbox. Is this is this player's soapbox worthy is my question. I think he could be Meeks. You know, I do like him very much. I'm going to present today Kingsley Enigbare, the king, I like to call him. And uh, he's a very exciting player. Now, I feel like he's the kind of prospect that the Jets are going to target if, you know, say, for instance, they don't go edge with the, those first two picks. I believe they probably will, but if they don't and I think he's one of those guys who could fall into that second round or at least the top of the second round who would be a really great selection. Now he's kind of all over the place. We don't know if, you know, he could be a first round pick. Some people have him that high. Some people have even had him in that second or third round range. I pretty much have him as a lead first round, early second round guy. He is extremely explosive off the snap. This guy has very great length. I mean, he uses his length to perfection. 
He's just like a high motor, high energy player. And that's exactly what this defense needs. Now, I feel like he's the kind of guy who would come in and compete with Carl Lawson right away. Um, I don't know if he's going to be taking that spot from Carl right away if he is healthy. But I feel like he's the kind of guy that can be or satisfy that pass rushing specialist role if for some reason he doesn't beat out Carl for the starting weak side edge. And he's kind of a bit, a little bit bigger body too. He's about 265 pounds. And, you know, some people think he might be better serving with 3-4. But those are the guys that are really kind of perfect fit to be these pass rushing specialists, kind of like the D4 types. And a player that is really just a valuable member of this team and an element that the Jets really need if for some reason, like I said, they don't address edge early. So I love the King. I mean, every time I watch him, I just get like, you know, goosebumps all over my body, Meigs. And I think you feel the same way. I think he's just, again, just super high energy, man. I, I just, every time I watch him, I think uh, Dalvin actually loves him as well. We've had a little bit of a, a bromance on Kingsley. So I think that, again, second round, he's up there, you know, with the Jermaine Johnsons of the world. Um, and a couple of other guys who could potentially satisfy that kind of pass rushing specialist like MyJ Sanders potentially in that range as well. There's this guy, Arnold uh, Epichetti, who... I think is an intriguing prospect at the senior bowl as well. It's somebody they're going to be uh, coaching. I'm sorry that I'm going off on a tangent here, but I, I'm bringing him up because this is a player that, you know, I watched a little bit of last year. And let me tell you something, his get off was just atrocious. I mean, downright disgusting. I am, and this might sound a little weird, but I felt like my grandma probably would have a better get off at the snap than Arnold Epigetti. But as I watched a little bit more of him, I started to like him a little bit more. He's actually improved in that regard. He's a little bit more explosive. And I think he's got a nice little dip and rip. And another one of those players, like I said, who could satisfy that kind of pass rushing specialist role. If for some reason the Jets feel like Carl Lawson is healthy enough and they're looking for that type of player in this range. So um, I was supposed to talk about one player. I talked about about four, but they're all kind of like uh, senior bowl players that they're coaching. So I think that that was, you know, maybe noteworthy. And, uh, you know, Meigs, I, I think that you, you know, like him a little bit. I don't know if you like him as much as I do, but what, what do you feel about the King? I do like Kingsley. I'm very happy you brought him to the table. I think that a lot of people are KV on Thibodeau falling to the Jets is getting a little bit of buzz. I know a lot of people are getting a little excited about that, but edges position that needs to be addressed. And if it can't be addressed at four, that doesn't mean the Jets should punt on it, in my opinion. And Kingsley's right in that group of prospects where you want to see a guy who get on the field and could be a good compliment to Carl Lawson. And, you know, Bryce Huff showed some moments, but I, I think he's a situational player. I think he's a player that hasn't proven he can stay, health, stay healthy, and I'm not going to bank on Bryce Huff. I'd love to be surprised, but I'm happy you brought him to the table. James? James has been banging the table about this guy. James thinks this guy was the best defensive lineman on the national champion Georgia Bulldogs, if I remember correctly. So, James, come on. Tell us about, tell us about the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, so we've talked about N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, Trevon Walker, and the defensive player I'm going to talk about is Devontae Wyatt, who's a defensive tackle for Georgia and a very good player. Um, Devontae, I think, has above average strength, very good mobility, good get off, good hand usage, and is an extremely high effort player. I mean, there was even a play against Alabama in the first game they played this season where he chases down Bryce Young 20 yards downfield and actually forces a fumble that I think ended up getting recovered by Bama, but still speaks to his hustle. Um, he projects as a three technique really cleanly in that 4-3 defense that the Jets run. Um, and I could see him honestly being more impactful in year one than Trevon Walker. Obviously, there's some variability there in terms of 
where Walker goes and whether he's playing that block eating role of a three, four defensive end, or maybe moving to a strong side four three defensive end. But I, I think he's going to be an instant impact player, very good pass rusher. And I'm very excited about this guy. Yeah. I think like a lot of people have been talking about resigning fully, but I think we all agree that Foley's best fit is in a different kind of defense and bringing in a player like Wyatt, that give a nice, nice juice next to Quinn and Williams, maybe push Quinn Williams to be the player that we want him to be, that he clearly isn't there yet. And if you get upset that Jeffrey Simmons is better than him, well, then I don't really know what to tell you. But here's a player that I want to bring to the table that, you know, I was kind of I was I was very, very disheartened when I mentioned him in our slack. And James was like, yo, Meeks, that guy's not that good. And it's because he reminds me of a player that James loved last year. And the guy I'm bringing to the table is Khalil Shakir, wide receiver of Boise at Boise State, because I don't think he does one thing special. I don't think he has like a one special trait. I just think he's rock solid at everything. He's a good route runner for his size. He's a little light. He's about six foot one ninety, but I think he's really competitive at the catch point, I think he's got really solid hands. I think he's a good route runner that can improve, but he's just a good complimentary wide receiver that you need in football. And he reminds me a lot of Tylen Wallace, who if James will like to remember, James loved Tylen Wallace. He loved Tylen Wallace more than Elijah Moore, if we, if we remember correctly. And I think he's a really nice player. James can tell me I'm crazy when I'm done, but I'm really excited to watch him in the one-on-ones. I think the coolest thing in the senior bowl is watching the wide receivers and the DBs go mano a mano. And you can really show how these guys can lock up and how they can separate. So I'm really excited to watch him and a couple other receivers during the senior bowl. Yeah, because I actually talked a little about Shakir today on, I was on the draft countdown podcast and I think he's going to be one of the guys who rise during this whole senior bowl process. I completely agree with you. He's a great route runner. He's got a little wonky with his hands sometimes, just uh, the way he catches the ball can trap it and things of that nature. But I think he really is an intriguing prospect and he could play inside. He could play outside. He could do some of that stuff in the backfield with like jet sweeps. So I, I like him. I don't think he's booty as uh, James said in the, <laughs> in the chat over here, but I think that uh, he's one of the players on the senior bowl roster that the jets will definitely you know, pay close attention to. And then there's other guys like uh, Tolbert. And who's that guy from North Dakota State? Is that uh, Watson? I think he's another interesting player yeah. on this roster. He's a big body, just speedster, who's extremely fluid for his size. That guy who plays at the FCFs level. But if he was actually an FBS type college player, I think he would be much higher on people's radar. I think he's another player that the Jets are coaching that are people are really going to start to like turn their heads when they see him on the field. So, yeah, no, I definitely would love to get a speedster into this group and just have a guy who can take the top off the defense and just honestly just be a threat you have to worry about, not someone who's going to be the thousand-yard guy, but can just put stress on the defense and allow our better receivers just to cook underneath. But now I'm going to hand over my hosting duties to our guy, James Coons, who's going to be running the superlatives for this round. And I know we all have players we like, all different descriptions, and James, take it away. Yeah, for sure. So we're just going to run through kind of rapid fire style, some superlatives of players that we definitely want to bring up. Um, And so first category here is the Brandon Eccles Award. So that's that player that you've never heard of. You know, maybe he's featured in a hurdles video where he fakes dying after an offensive pass interference or not. And uh, but he actually turns out to be a decent player once he gets drafted. And so, Joe, I want to toss it to you. Who wins the Brandon Eccles Award for you? 
For me, it's going to be cornerback Alante Taylor from Tennessee. I am like a big fan of this kid. I think he's a later round prospect. He's smart. He comes to lay the wood. He is not afraid to just, you know, knock the snot out of your mouth. And I love that kind of physicality and that kind of swagger from a cornerback. Um, he is good at press. He could cover that deep third of the field. He actually struggles a little bit off man. But I think he's a really good fit for this defense and somebody that I think the Jets are actually going to pay close attention to at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's playing for the other squad, but I think they're going to get a, an opportunity to interview him and get to see him in action. I'm very excited for that. And again, one of these kind of later round prospects that I feel like could make an impact on the next level very early, kind of like Brandon Eccles, you know, for sure. Awesome. Okay, Dylan, I want to toss it to you. All right. So I will talk about Taylor in a second because I have a little more to say about him when we get to a different superlative. But uh, my Brandon Eccles award is going to go kind of going with the theme here tonight with my gangsters. I went to Illinois and kind of buried the hatchet. But I am going to go to Penn State with my Brandon Eccles award. I'm going to talk about Jesse Lucetta. I think Brandon Smith is getting a lot of love as the master and non linebacker type that we've talked about time in, time out, reliable developmental prospect. We've talked about AR with Evansket. I hear his name for years and I still can't pronounce it, whatever, you know, what I'm talking about. And um, just a lot of talent all around that Penn state defense this season. And a lot of guys coming out next year too, but Luquette is a guy who packs a powerful punch. He's a hard hitter, high, high motor. And a guy who I think is really going to impress a lot of people this week. And he's going to be a guy I think that the Jets need to take a long look at because I think in a linebacker class that a couple guys do this well, a couple guys do this well, a high motor guy who has the work ethic and drive that Luke has to fly to the ball is going to be somebody that I really think would be a good ad for this team. Nice. So, so far we have Alante Taylor, cornerback from Tennessee that Joe brought. Jesse Lucetta, linebacker from Penn State. Migs, who are you going to bring? I just want to make sure I get this guy's name right because I was actually watching him this afternoon and I was very, very intrigued by Chukarika Ekuzanama. Yeah, I can't even freaking say his name. It's uh, Ezukama, wide receiver from Texas Tech, who's just a big body, go it up and get it ball winner. And honestly, I'm so sick of watching this offense and watching Corey Davis drop passes or having a wide receiver core that's just full of like 5'10 guys. And, you know, if we get Drake London, I'll be happy for my guy, Joe. I'll be happy for my guy, Dylan. But I can, we can't bank on that. And I think this guy, we watched what Gabe Davis did in that playoff game. We saw that nice complimentary piece, 6-3, good body, wins those tough catches, can make plays. And I think uh, Azukama fits that role to a T. And I really think he's going to be a much better uh, pro player than he was in college. Mm. I know he's a guy that Dan Essien is really big on. Yeah. Um, but the guy that I want to bring to the table for the Brandon Eccles Award is somebody you probably haven't heard of, Alabama edge rusher Christopher Smith. So he's a redshirt senior, hasn't played a ton because he's pretty much always injured. But in terms of the actual player, he's a good player. He's a bit stiff through the hips, but he does have good power and good hand usage. And I think he's somebody who, if you take him on day three, he can turn into a decently productive player relative to the draft capital that you would allocate to get him. And so I kind of like him as, you know, a really late round flyer who can be productive and maybe produce at like a six or $7 million a year value. Um, but I do want to move on to the next superlative. So category two, uh, day three wide receiver who turns into a good player. I want to start with Dylan here. Who you got? So I'm going to go with a technical guy, a solid route runner, gritty not necessarily a guy who is going to draw a lot of attention but also not a guy I think a lot of people are going to 
value is high because a lot of people haven't talked about him as much. So I'm going to go Alec Pierce. He's the stud wide receiver from Cincinnati. I think he has been outstanding this season and in the past. And I think my bold prediction is he ends up becoming the best offensive player from that Cincinnati team in the NFL. I think Jerome Ford's a dog and I think Desmond Ritter could do well, but I'm going to go Alec Pierce to be the best player to come from that Cincinnati offense, actually. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I like that take, Dylan. Okay, Meeks, what you got? Well, since I brought a wide receiver on day three, I think it's going to be a day three pick that I like. I'm going to go a little bit of a different route, and I think I'm going to bring to the table, the guy who's going to be the next Braxton Berrios and could very well replace Braxton Berrios. And that's my guy from Utah, Britton Covey, the kick returner, who's just electric. Me and him are like the same age. Like he's going to be 25 on draft day. So shout out Mike McCagnan one time, but he's 5'8". He's electric. All that boy, that boy's got speed. That guy's elusive. Mike LaFleur made people think Braxton Berrios was like a very good football player. Let him get his hands on Brayden Covey, and he's going to make some magic happen. All right, Joe, do you uh, also have a white receiver to bring to the table? Meeks, what is going on with you, bro? Like, you hate all these guys who are old, and literally all your favorite guys in this draft class are, like, approaching retirement age. I mean, like, no joke. Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson's at least young, so we're good with that, bro. That, that, all right, true fact on that one. I'm going a little sleeper here on day three. Somebody who I think is also going to be a riser at the, at the Senior Bowl and somebody who I've liked in the past, but has had some injury concerns. And even this year, I think he needed to shake off some rust that he couldn't, but I think he's going to showcase his ability at the Senior Bowl. Really excited to see him play. His name is Reggie Roberson from SMU. The guy's got releases. He's got speed. He's got route running. He is the complete receiver. He just needs to show everybody that he's healthy, and he is going to be a fast riser. If this guy actually falls to day three of the draft, I would love, love, love Dylan Price, okay? to get this guy 100% Reggie Roberson, baby. So that's actually a pretty awesome segue because I'm also going to talk about an SMU receiver and 
also a senior bowl player. And that's Danny Gray. So I remember a few years ago, I was in like some random airport watching some random football game and I see SMU playing and this SMU receiver takes it 70 yards to the house. I'm like, Jesus, that must be Reggie Roberson. And it turns out it wasn't. It was Danny Gray, who's the other really good SME receiver. Gray is extremely fast, probably going to run four threes, but he's also really twitched up. So he's not just one of those linear striding athletes. He is very twitchy and has good change of direction. Um, I could see him as a late third, early fourth round player. And I think he's somebody who's going to get massive boost because of the senior bowl and the publicity that he'll get from it. So bunch of receivers that we just brought up, Alex Pierce, Bryn Covey, Danny Gray, and of course, Reggie Roberson. So category three in the superlatives, who is the best tight end in this year's draft class, not named Trey McBride or Jeremy Rucker? So I want to start with Meeks here. Um, so I don't know if this is who I think. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys I like, like I think Charlie Kohler is going to be a good player, but I want to talk about for the Jets. That's something that I don't think is being talked about enough is we want to talk about tight ends, not an easy position to play going from college to the NFL and thinking a guy is going to be a productive pass catcher. His rookie year is going to be really tough. And I think there's a lot of tight ends that we can get in free agency that can be that, you know, that guy is going to take the targets, be the target guy. You may have to Dalton Schultz and, I want to bring Jake Ferguson of Wisconsin to the table because I think he's a fantastic blocker. I think he'd be great, great, great in this scheme. And I'm sick, I'm sick of watching Ryan Griffin get pushed around like he's a little girl. Jake Ferguson's mean. Jake Ferguson's a dog. And I cannot wait to see him in a Michael Floor offense. Okay. I like it. How about you, Dylan? We never agree on anything. But for one night, one night only, Jake Ferguson, outside of, my love for Kate Iron, who I have mentioned time and time again on this podcast. Yes, mini George Kittle, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think Ferguson has the potential to be a starting wide tight end. Uh, he's a not crazy strong route runner, but stretches the field well, tough, really good catch radius. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Migs. I think he would probably be my non McBride Rucker kind of tight end. We're not really talking about as much. Okay, so we have two Jake Ferguson fans in the chat. How about you, Jeff? I think that I'm going to go with the player. I don't know if he's the best one outside of those guys, but I think there's an intriguing guy named Derek Deese from San Jose State. He plays a little in line. He plays with balance. He he can block. I think he's a really just a what I would consider a really good catcher of the football. And I think he's got maybe not the best long speed, but um, I feel like he has some potential there. And, you know, the more I look at him, the more I kind of, you know, grow to like him. Um, I, I know he hasn't been really talked about a lot, but I just wanted to bring him to the table just so people could get a little bit more familiar with him. I, I haven't done a deep dive on him, but from my initial, you know, I guess glance, I think he's a fairly intriguing prospect and somebody that nobody's really talking about. So Derek D, San Jose State, small school guy, getting it done. Well, kind of picking up where Joe left off, I also have a tight end that nobody's heard of uh, that I'm going to bring to the table. His name is Tegan Quitoriano. He is from Oregon State, and if any of you guys have watched George Karlaftis this season, you might recognize Tegan as the tight end from Oregon State who absolutely manhandled George Karlaftis in the run game. Um, currently, so this guy basically doesn't catch the ball very often, but as we have seen in previous years, that hasn't been an obstacle for many tight end prospects. We saw it with Dawson Knox catching 30 passes, but going in the third. We saw it last year with John Bates from Boise State catching, I think he had 500 career receiving yards and he went in the fourth round to Washington. So 
I actually really like this player in terms of a fit for the Jets because he can block and he has some decent catching ability. So I could see him in the fifth, sixth, or seventh rounds for the Jets. But um, I do want to move on to the fourth category, and that is the toolsy round two or round three or round four corner that the Jets are probably going to select. So, Joe, who do you want to bring to the table for corners? Yo, did you say round two? I'm just going to go with the player that I think could go in that round two, maybe round three range. They're coaching him at the senior bowl, Kobe Bryant. I absolutely love what I've seen from Kobe. He has natural instincts to go to turn up field with pretty much any receiver. Not the, the greatest athlete, but definitely can get hip to hip. He uh, could turn around for the ball, but not just with his back to a wide receiver. He actually is something from, that I saw from Eric Stokes last year that I really liked and a technique that I'm starting to really appreciate more and more. These guys who can actually get chest to chest with the wide receiver down the field and kind of attack a vertical route in more than one way. So I absolutely love him. I think he's a perfect fit in a cover one. I think he's a perfect fit in a cover three. And he's really the kind of like prototypical cornerback that I think would be just that Robert Sala is going to love and they're going to really appreciate coaching him up at the senior bowl. Okay. I like it. How about you Meeks? I mean, Joe took the words right out of my mouth. I'm a Kobe Bryant guy as well. I think they're ecstatic to coach him at the senior bowl. I think he's the best defensive back. I think that's going to be playing at the senior bowl. He's the Thorpe award winner. Sauce Gardner gets all the hype. Kobe Bryant's a great player in his own right. Or I think I hope, hopefully I said his name correctly, but uh, cause uh, obviously shout out the real Kobe Bryant. RIP, but uh, he's a great football player. Uh, I can't wait to watch him at the senior bowl. I think he's going to be a great fit in this defense and just keep stacking that corner room because as you, as wide receivers, they get more and more of them in the NFL. You're going to need guys to cover them. All right, Dylan, how about you? So Joe talked about Alante Taylor earlier, and this is definitely a guy I really like, and I kind of would maybe want to hold off actually on talking about him more in depth to a later pod because this is a guy who's going to shoot up draft boards, great character, um, really just a great all-around guy, hard hitter, and like you said, Joe, great. But I do want to kind of agree on the Kobe Bryant thing. Obviously today, anniversary, very sad when Kobe Bryant passed away, but this Kobe Bryant's doing a decent job of on the gridiron doing a lot to hold up to the namesake. Winning the Jim Thorpe Award holds a lot of weight in my eyes in terms of draft evaluation. Um, some of the last few guys who won it, Adoree Jackson, Nika Fitzpatrick, DeAndre Breaker, um, Grant Delpit, guys who have come into the league and made impacts and been touted draft prospects. So Kobe Bryant, I think, is a guy who I was impressed with in the playoff and I've been impressed with a lot. So I'll go across the board on Kobe Bryant with the two other guys here. Okay, I like it. So the player that I'm going to briefly talk about is Mario Goodrich, who's Clemson's cornerback, um, opposite Andrew Booth. And he is that stereotypical press corner. Um, he's a four-phase special teamer uh, at Clemson. And I actually really like him as a developmental corner in the mold of the Witherspoons, the Emmanuel Mosleys that the 49ers have tended to like in the drafts in previous years. So um, that's a player I keep my eye out for. Okay, so last category, we save the best for last, and that's going to be the non-round one offensive lineman who's a good fit for the New York Jets. So, you know, who else could I possibly start with here besides Joe Bellick? James, you know what? This is a shout out to one of our listeners, Joe Horney. He actually put me onto this player and I decided to watch him a little bit more. Cade Mays from Tennessee, the second Tennessee guy that I'm talking about today. Let me tell you something. Cade Mays is a dog dude. All right. He, this guy wants to kick your ass on every single play. He's got good hand usage and, with timing and placement. He's a little, I guess, you know, 
a little sloppy sometimes with his combo blocks and his double teams, but he's good on the second level. He's this guy who's played all over the line. He's primarily a right tackle this year, but a guy who would fit perfectly in as a right guard and is perfect, perfect for this scheme. So Cade Mays, that one's for you, Joe Horning. I think he'd be a really great addition to this team. I could see him even potentially rising up into the second round, although I think he'll probably end up going in that third round range. Really mm. intriguing player. Mm. How about you, Dylan? So I kind of look for a guy who would fit the outside zone scheme, definitely someone who would look to develop within this um, within this team going forward. I went with a tackle who actually has a little bit of versatility to play guard from Fordham. Got to represent New York here. I'm going Nick Zay. Helge, I think is how you pronounce his name. 6'5", 325, outstanding body control, incredibly agile for a guy his size. And as much as we talk about a tackle um, and tackles in general on the roster um, that maybe don't have the best control and maybe aren't the most agile, I think this is a guy who could come in and be a developmental prospect that I think could really grow into a possible starter, honestly. Hmm. I like it. I like it. How about you, Meeks? Um, I mean, Joe Bellick ta- Joe Bellick's favorite guy to talk about from last year's draft is Creed Humphrey. I'm going right back to the University of Oklahoma and talk about Marcus Hayes, who is a outstanding run blocker, absolute mauler. Would love him in this scheme. Get GVR out of here. Move Mackay back to the right tackle. Put those two next together. Run a little pin pull. Run inside zone. Run outside zone. They're going to take souls. Love Marcus Hayes. Love him on this team. So Sterk, I actually talked about Marcus Hayes today too on that podcast as well, Meeks. I absolutely love him. I think he's going to be a really solid player in the NFL. He's another one of these absolutely just nasty guys. Mm-hmm. Like just wants to finish you to the ground on every single play. His grip strength is really good. Once this dude latches onto oh, you, like, he, does, he doesn't let go. Like even after the whistle, he's like, no, this is my player. I'm taking him down. I mean, really, I, I love that player, Meeks. Really, really awesome. Awesome pick. So the last guy, um, we're going to talk about is BYU center, James Empey. And he's a player who played with Zach Wilson is very mobile. So he's a prototypical outside zone scheme fit. There was actually a video on him circulating on Twitter where he was like talking through protections on a certain pass play. And it was super impressive. But the reason I want to bring him up is because reading about him and watching him, he kind of gives big Matt Hennessy vibes from two years ago in the draft, who was, if you guys recall, a player projected to the Jets very often because of his mobility and, and fit um, as like a mid-round player. And so I kind of would keep our eyes out for a player like MP, who is that outside zone specific center. Um, but that's it for superlatives. I do want to toss it back to uh, the actual host, uh, Michael Megan. Yeah, I mean, I just want to make one more point about uh, offensive linemen who are going to be round one picks for this scheme. Uh, I'm personal favorite of mine, Joe Bellick, unfortunately went back to school and Jared Patterson of Notre Dame. And I would have, either one of us would have been talking about him if he declared. Got to keep the eyes out for next year. He's going back for that fifth year. Would be a great center. God knows how old he's going to be, but, you know, got to turn over new leaves and keep those eyes out for the players. But I felt like this was a great episode. Everyone got along. Everyone liked the players we all talked about. Just a lot of, you know, a lot of good vibes. And we kind of need that. Bills lost in the playoffs. Brady lost in the playoffs. Brady might be retiring. Everything, you know, everything could be coming up good for the Jets. And um, thank you so much, guys, for, uh, for doing this pod with me. Make sure you sub to the TOJ pod. Make sure you're sub to Badlands. Turn on the Jets for all your offseason coverage is going to be just kicking it all the time. So please make sure to check out the draft season website. Shout out Dan Essen, who's 
that website is absolutely amazing how he's put that together. And I so happy that he actually lets me write for it. So uh, see you guys next week.